Второе послание Фессалоникийцам. Second Thessalonians. Вторая глава стихи 7. 2:7-12. уже в действии. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he takes him away. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them strong delusions that they should believe lies, that they may all be consumed who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Here we're not talking about the world, but about the Church of God or about what will happen amongst the nation of God. I would like to name this sermon as the opposition of the mystery of godliness and the mystery of lawlessness. Practically, this opposition is one of the main elements in fulfilling the commandment to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Withholding the demonstration of the mystery of lawlessness means to bind this mystery, resist this mystery, and govern over this mystery with the greater power of godliness so that the mystery of lawlessness not come to power, so that the mystery, again, of lawlessness not come to power. And understandably, the one restraining the mystery of lawlessness where the man of sin and son of death is to, is to be revealed is the mystery of godliness into which the chosen by God remnant is clothed. The place of opposition of the mystery of lawlessness with the mystery of godliness is first of all the body of a holy person and then also the bride of the lamb, the chosen by God remnant. The mystery of lawlessness is situated in our body. This is reigning sin, identified as the sin of man and the sin of carnal Christians who perceive this personal abilities or their personal abilities as the revelations of the Holy Spirit. While the bride of the lamb is not yet taken from the world to meet the Lord upon the clouds, the mystery of lawlessness, that is the man of sin and son of destruction, will not be able to reveal himself and come to power over the world by the corrupt institutions of fallen Christianity. According to the revelations received by Apostle John on island Patmos, it is fleshly religious organizations that consider themselves as organizations of spirit. These are the demonstrators of the dragon that comes from the earth that will bring to power the beast that comes from the water. Therefore, the mystery of lawlessness is supported by the old person that lives within our body and the category of carnal Christians considering themselves spiritual and resisting all that is spiritual in the midst of which the son of or in the midst of which the son of destruction will rise, who functions within the sons that resist the truth. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. Romans 7, 18. Here it's talking about the mystery of lawlessness. First, the mystery of godliness is the order of the kingdom of heaven, identifying the midst and atmosphere that is in three realms, upon the heights of the heavens, in the temple, and the humble and contrite heart that is cleansed from dead works. Such a heart identifies the status of a personal or personified righteousness, that is, 
the living in you, Jesus Christ. And second, the mystery of godliness is an organic unity of the chosen by God, remnant with God and with one another. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That is, as it is written, he who glorifies, let him glory in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1.30.31 The mystery of lawlessness consists and demonstrates itself in love for money, which is the root of all evil, amongst carnal Christians, of whom materialistic success is cloaked into what they think is spirituality. But those who desire to be rich fall into into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts who drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 1 Timothy 6, 9, 10. It is this carnal Christianity that is oriented upon materialistic success that is the form of the beast that comes from the earth that will force all to worship the image of the beast that comes from the water that will represent the person of sin and son of destruction as well as the geopolitical form in which he will rule. Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast would both speak and cause as many as who not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is 666. Revelations 13, 11 through 18. So three, uh, three numbers of six, 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 six. A person was created in the sixth day. He has three, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, again, the sixes that identify a man. This is not 666, as it were, but six, six, and six. Spirit, soul, body. That is captured or in control of love for money. The mark of the beast in the original, the, se- uh, the seal, or mark of the beast and the fact that and the mark of this beast upon their forehead of carnal Christians and upon their right hand indicates that they meditate about earthly things and that what regulates their decisions and the symbol of the right hand it obtains uh, is obtaining materialistic goods that are being present and are presented as the will of man. At the same time, the mystery of godliness consists in demonstrating yourself in your control over money. We need to perfectly understand that again, that the mystery of godliness is you having your control over money as the chosen by God remnant and such a state of your heart uh, is the root of all good. 
the armor that the mystery of lawlessness in the form of the old person with which he opposes within our body is the law of God that discovers sin, finds, uh, identifies sin, and gives power to sin. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. 1 Corinthians 15:56. the armor that opposes the mystery of godliness, which the chosen by God remnant is opposing, this mystery of, of, of lawlessness, they oppose with the truth of the cross of Christ because the word of the cross, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is power of God. Again, the resistance of the, of the power of lawlessness is he uses the law of sin and death, the law that gives power to sin. The results of resisting this mystery of godliness with the mystery of lawlessness in our body we again resisting or the resistance of the mystery of godliness with the mystery of lawlessness the opposition is us that will be then crucified into Christ and rise in Christ's glory in him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us Colossians 2 11 through 14 and so the teaching of Christ was the most unpopular at the time of the Apostles as well as our times for many walk as Apostle Paul writes Philippians 3 18 19 of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame who set their mind on earthly things these are the ones that have upon their forehead the seal of the beast who, whose mind is set on things of the earth. This is not an electronic chip of some kind. These are your thoughts, your thoughts focused, your mind th focused upon earthly things. Knowing the truth of the cross of Christ that belongs to godliness, we see the mystery of the wisdom of God and his power. Because of this teaching about the cross of Christ that is not accepted and is hated and in, is not accessible to carnal, of course, Christianity that trusts upon the abilities of their own personal mind or their own personal soul. In the mystery of the cross of Christ, we have the answers to all of our questions for life. The questions that come up uh, when we lose our close friends and relatives, uh, people who maybe have lived godly but die uh, early because of a catastrophe or some other reason. There's also questions. Uh, we in our own life experience uh, losses and difficulties in certain aspects of our life and also financial life uh, in our marriage, in our families. Third, in what way do we reveal within our essence the deeply uh, concealed uh, human desires and ambitions which are the place where the uh, conception of sin is or starts. The true uh, truth is contained in the cross of Christ. How do we weed out and completely uh, remove this sinful conduct passed down to us from our parents? and receive then this new program of the imperishable inheritance that is in God and Christ. 
And so the truth of the cross of Christ again that separates us from the producer of sin as this old person that lives within our body, uh, the cross of Christ is the key that opens to us access and reveals to us what is contained in the truth of the cross of Christ. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. First Corinthians. 2, 7 through 10, the truth contained in the power of the cross of Christ was to reveal uh, and bring forth faith of God in yourself and give you access to what is in the blood of Christ. All of the uh, precious promises that are a part of our inheritance in Jesus Christ will never be able to be accomplished in our life for the reason because due to our ignorance, we not only forsake the power of the cross of Christ, we actually resist, uh, we resist it or afraid of it because in our times, we and the reason for that is because we didn't receive the truth of the cross of Christ, but deception and because we received deception or false information about uh, these things, then because if we would have received the right information or the information con uh, concerning the cross of Christ, we would not have ever been resistant to it. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out, and I, if I am lifted up from earth, will draw people to myself. This he said, signifying what, by what death he would die. John 12, 31 through 33. The meaning contained in uh, drawing you to God or draw all people to myself, as it says, that means that it will a very strong desire to or wanting to do this. We could see that this could either be a good thing or a bad thing depending on from where it comes or whom it will concern. When it is concerning uh, uh, righteousness and justice with God, this will be a very good thing for us. Uh, but when we're talking about the word as used, that drawing something to yourself could be in a negative format, it, if you resist the truth or the cross of Christ, this will yield death and it will be a conscious decision a person makes for this. And so a person that allows his feelings to rule his life, being supported by the organized powers of darkness or devil or the personal eye, will never uh, will then draw this person to hell, obviously. The death of the Son of God upon the cross was called to attract people to God and not push them away from God. But such an attraction is possible upon one condition if we, by being instructed in the faith, will know the truth of the cross of Christ. According to the what we can see regarding the cross of Christ, people will not be able to experience 
uh, the sharp-edged sword of this cross of Christ unless they decide to part from their flesh. Those who want to be free from the dependence of their bad character and the many different uh, cataclysms that happen in their body emotionally and otherwise, you need to experience death or the death that is in the death of Christ so that you can then become free from the uh, curse of, of your genetical uh, inheritance you've received from your forefathers. A long time ago, as a young man, I began to experience a lot of these rising lusts and other things in my body that I became confused about and was shocked by. Uh, I was reading a book, and the wording that this this was, uh, there were sayings in this book from one uh, without a name, uh, Slavic philosopher, and the words that he had said, I forever remembered, or they uh, were very impactful to me. We need to live, these are fatal words, we need to live, this is a fatal challenge. Who works over this or works for this is just sorrow and tears. And so these words, they again uh, were as if familiar, but then absolutely not familiar. And I uh, began to think about these things. And at this time, I was experiencing. Uh, I began to see this uh, very curse of the sinful conduct that's passed on, on uh, to us. I began to experience these things or see these things clearly, and I asked the brothers, and they said, "This is normal. This is, this is it. You've uh, inherited this, and these things do uh, reveal themselves in life. But this evil curse began let itself uh, know, be known, or made itself known in my life by losses in other ways." Uh, and also unfamiliar other things that uh, I suffered with as in a fire. And as a Christian, I was very much puzzled by all these things that were happening. In Jesus Christ, of course, there's a way to become free from this. And uh, I understood the cross of Christ was the way to become free from these things and my body to become free, my soul to become free, my thoughts to become free. The place, the Pentecost church that I grew up in and asked questions, uh, they offered not to pay attention to these things happening in your life and just accept them as something that happens with anyone else and uh, pretend as if it's not really existing and that what's happening within us and what we feel is just false symptoms that belong to the work of the devil that we need to just uh, command in Jesus Christ to uh, leave us. In other words, they offered uh, you to pretty much uh, resist the devil that as if lived within your body um, and having control over him to drive him out from the midst of yourself is what they were saying. Uh, the one that is bothering you. In result, the words that be, uh, were arrows and were uh, released by the devil, these very same issues continued to come back and uh, uh, resulted in destruction, false hopes, and uh, the hope that I had with God would, would, would become lost, and I experienced a lot of terrible different things um, 
that, that were happening because of this. I did not yet know at the time that it's very dangerous that instead of putting to death your sinful uh, desires, uh, it was dangerous to call them demons and try to drive them out as demons. Therefore, put to death, not drive them out as demons, it says here. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Colossians 3, 5 through 7, instead of applying the cross of Christ, if we're trying to drive out these things as demons, uh, the arrows that the devil releases actually turn back on us. One of the Christians, uh, Christian poets had... Uh, very clearly wrote out uh, how to do this that in the way that you take these symptoms that you see as uncleanness, desire, and so forth, and to drive, try to drive it out as a demon. And he wrote a poem, uh, a poem of how to do this. I am in battle with the Satan, he wrote, and I am as I will release my arrows against him, he wrote. It's not difficult to me to destroy you, you ancient serpent, or, or serpent of old. I am in grief, it is you or I that will die. You are the one saturated with venom, and finally my dream will come to pass, and there will be in a horizon an, a sound of this very words that I have continually repeated, is what he would write. I have forgotten what joy is, he writes, and the arrows that have flown across the entire earth then struck me directly in the side. And so he understood that the false charismatic teachings uh, that are presented even today, this gentleman understood that this is not possible, but many still today preach this as if it's something that's possible. People that are born from God, baptized by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of fornication cannot live inside of you if you are a child of God. It's not possible. Why is it the works of the flesh or carnal desires of the flesh? Are you calling us demons and trying to drive them out? You in this way are welcome welcoming him and opening access to him. In his time, Apostle Paul, explaining some of these things, he identified such uh, a resistance and, and battle within the body and that he needed to also battle with and collaborate with the truth of the cross of Christ to make that happen. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God 
but with the flesh, the law of sin. He shows the difference here between the two. Romans 7, 18 through 25. your mind, you need to suppress this and continue to resist this things. We don't become sinners because we sin. It's the opposite. We sin because we, by nature, were born sinners. And therefore, uh, speaking these words, the uh, Apostle Paul began to resist these desires of lawlessness in his body, not by the way of battling with Satan or driving him or rebuking him from his body, because he wasn't there, there's no demon there, but by confessing the truth, uh, in other words, the hellfire that was within him and the the sin that was passed down from Adam is the living in us inherited again sin uh, in the seed of our fathers and if we have if this inherited nature we, we would have been able to just rebuke as a demon then Apostle Paul uh, identifying these things in what we just read there would no, not be a need for him to show that difference uh, to explain uh, the difference. Therefore, put to, death, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. He wouldn't have said these words if he easily could have just rebuked or driven out this as a demon. Apostle Paul, just as all of us, had the need to liquidate the sinful beginnings by the way of the cross, putting to death his, uh, the members which are on the earth, not different natures of demons, but these, uh, these qualities that were within him, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Colossians 3, 5, 6. When being inspired by perverted uh, forms of truth, which are called encounters, people or carnal people began to uh, call their sinful desires as demons, then demons, because of what they're doing, doing, true demons, receive the legitimate right to take control and have access to their life. And they either bring forth a feeling of euphoria or other uh, pleasant uh, feelings. Apostle Paul understood that the old person in himself was a programmable system for this curse. But in his spirit that lives in his body, what had a very different uh, destiny from God. And in order to enter into the gates of this blessed inheritance, he needed to first find a legitimate instrument that would be able to eliminate this law of sin and death that was within his members. And the first step in deciding to get rid of the sinful inheritance, it's necessary to differentiate the destiny that uh, is from God for us and the one that is passed down to us from our fathers. Many of us were taught that because of all the misfortunes that we experience in life, they come from God also and are for our own good. If you look at these kinds of things the way that they teach, this is a great evil in God's eyes and this is also a stumbling block for you in being able to make the right decisions, the right steps to be able to uh, erect within your body the stronghold of life. We read in Romans 8.28, uh, uh, people use this place of scripture and describe or explain and interpret it incorrectly. 
And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28. And so again, this place of scripture pulled out and interpreted incorrectly that everything happens that happens with us is, is for our own good, good or bad that it be. Decide, if this is the way that it is, then uh, this, that's what they say, that it is everything that happens to you comes from God. The, in, the truth or the essence of this place of scripture is needing to be read by reading uh, the words that are uh, before this pl uh, place of scripture. What then shall we say to those things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, <clears throat> how shall <clears throat> he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. And so, <clears throat> God then gives to us all things that are for our good, and all of when he says all this is all the good that he gives if you Romans 8 31 through 33 if you just take the again that one place of scripture and pull it out from the context uh, that means he did not have compassion upon his son and uh, allowed him to die on the cross so that we receive everything good and bad this is absolutely absurd and a true form of deception that uh, is not according to scripture. This kind of perverted way of understanding uh, also existed in the first apostolic church uh, that James uh, wrote about as well, James 1, 13 through 17. Let no one say that when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has con conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And so illnesses, misfortunes, uh, psychological issues or whatever else it may be in your life, these, this is not the perfect gift uh, or good gift from God. Believing that, that it is does not allow you to uh, resist what you should and, and receive what you should. Apostle James confirmed that people that trust that illnesses like these kind Oftentimes, people think, uh, or that you, if you uh, don't ascribe these things to God, the things that are happening in your life, that you are somehow not normal. And we're talking about carnal Christians that consider this to be not normal, that you not accept this as something that comes from God. Psalm 36, 6 through 9. Your righteous. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep, O Lord. You preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. And so... We, again, are to be protected by 
by God and Apostle Paul being inspired by the Holy Spirit looking at the abilities of the cross of Christ or the mind of Christ and looking at the destiny that God has given to his children was surprised that uh, oh, the, de the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out Romans 11.33 King Solomon also stated that you don't need to be seeking your joy in uh, the many seek the ruler's favor but justice for man comes from the Lord Proverbs 29.26 some people think that they need to use their sovereign will to resist lawlessness within their body and this is accurate but only if you utilize the cross of Christ in the process our destiny from God is concealed in Jesus Christ we need to put into our heart the hope we ha hope upon God and his word so that God that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power Ephesians 1 17 through 19 in the ancient times uh, the Gentiles uh, also perceive that any kind of thing that happens in your life is just something unchanging that needs to come to pass, and there's nothing you can do about it. According to the revelations of Scripture, we see that destiny of a man, it is not something that can't be change but it's something you actually can change it's the opposite the destiny of a person uh, given by God is something that's joyful and that is good and a person that comes to God is able to select this kind of destiny for himself according to scripture the joy or joyful destiny of the children of God is the result of a collaborative work between God and man where uh, you have a life uh, where you represent the interests of God and perform God's great work. He who tills his land will be satisfied with the bread, but he who follow frivolity his, is devoid of understanding. The wicked covet the, the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. The wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. Proverbs 12, 11 through 14. A person, by his words, he will be justified or will be condemned. The words that you speak, you will be justified or condemned. If you've received the divine destiny into your heart and confess it, it will be yours. According to a person's ignorance, a person himself deprives, deprives of some of a good destiny from God because he does not 
proclaim the revelations of the will of God, but proclaims his own understanding of revelations or his opinions of these revelations, which are works of the, of the flesh. And you even yourself shall let go of your heritage, which I gave you, and I will cause you to serve your enemies in the land which, I, which you do not know, for you have kindled a fire in my anger, which shall burn forever. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert. He shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Jeremiah 17:4-8. Specifically, the reality that we place into our spirit and that we agree with in our spirit identifies our destiny. At the same time, the true treasure or true destiny that's in our spirit is called to be God himself in his unchanging law that is placed and saturated in our spirit. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me. Confess who God is for you, what he's done for you, and who you are to him. And then, with these confessions, you will open up access into the divine and blessed destiny. I oh lord you are my portion my inheritance and my cup you maintain my lot the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places yes i have a good inheritance psalm 16 4 through 6 the testimonies your testimonies i have taken as a heritage forever for they are the rejoicing of my heart I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. In order for David to receive the revelation of the Holy Spirit uh, and the truth to abide within his heart, he, according to the words of Apostle James, needed to look into the law that is perfect. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, it is not he is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does, James 1.25. In the Greek lexicon, uh, the word to look into is to look deeply into, to focus upon. If we in our time will not look into the perfect law of liberty and will not abide in it in order to receive the right and power to enter into the unsearchable inheritance of Christ that is given to us by God and is placed upon our account in Jesus Christ, then our inheritance will turn into something or convert back into that uh, curse of, of uh, that we've received from our fathers. Right now we will pray and if anyone wants to bind this evil inheritance that's in themselves, if you want to prepare your body for the resurrection of Christ to be erected in your body, we will pray right now for you and I invite you here to the altar. May the Lord bless you 
so that you can know this great mystery of the ages. This is the calling of every person to adopt their body by the redemption of Christ. This is the calling if it will in some way be uh, quieted, ignored, and evangelism and good work will replace those things, we will end up on the other side of the, uh, on the opposite side of the kingdom of heaven and we'll be very disappointed when we say to God, you taught in our streets, we with your name rebuke demons, we perform many miracles. He'll say, turn away from me, I do not know you. Go to hell, what is prepared uh, for, for the devil and his angels. I don't. I never taught in your streets. I only teach on one street, and this is the Great Jerusalem. Upon it do I teach. That one street. This is the order that is within the body of Christ. The the order of theocracy, not dictatorship or uh, in any other way or form. Amen. Let us pray. I right now will pray together with you your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is for you. He is not against you. He can right now cast all of your fears, all of your shame, all of your sins into hell and never ever remember them again. Right now you need to believe in this and trust in Him. Close your eyes, lift your hands to God, a sign that you're ready and that you are without doubt or wrath. Pray together with me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you. I open up my heart. You see the wounds that are inflicted by sin. You see my shame. I hate my lusts. I hate my passions. I hate the old person that lives within my body. I thank you for the power that you've given to me in order to bind him. Forgive my sins. Release my sins. And I, according to your mercy, will bind him in myself. May this blessing be upon me and be fulfilled upon me. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you 
with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May all this be upon you and upon your children and be fulfilled upon you. Amen. Let us proclaim our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever. Amen.